What's up, bookworms? It's your host, Stevie, and I'm here with MJ for a hot chocolate night. Hot chocolate night for you guys. I've been, I'm drinking uh, sangria, some bougie food lion champagne, some <laughs> snapple, and some lime juice. It's actually really good. Found it on the interweb. So uh, yeah, I hope everybody's having a great Thursday. We're recording this on a Thursday. Holidays are coming up. Whatever you celebrate, I hope that it's a great freaking holiday. Um, I hope it's COVID-free and you're healthy and everything goes well with that. And Stevie, what's new in the book world? Well, first, let's celebrate the fact that it's the end of the year. I don't want to listen. Look, no, listen. but we've done a lot this year. I'm not celebrating shit until I find out what 2021's got in store for my ass. Because, listen, well, we started a podcast. I mean, yeah, I think 2020 has been both the, is this going to air after the new year? No. Okay, cool. Then I don't need to talk about this. Well, I'm going to. I think 2020. It will be December 23rd. So Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas Eve. Happy New Year. I think my thing is, is that for me personally, 2020 has been the worst and most amazing year of my life. You know, COVID has been shit. You know, COVID is a bitch, man. And COVID, you wrote three books. Because of, because of COVID, you know, like not even because of COVID, I think, yeah, because of COVID. I think (laughs) because of COVID, I was kind of able to find like my writer's voice and I'm a published writer now and there are people that have read my books and so I'm thankful for and there are people that I have met that I never would have met had I had not had 2020 Stevie included and so yeah I'm super thankful (laughs) I'm super thankful for all that 2020 has given me and brought me and I'm hoping 2021 has its shit together so I don't have to I'm trying to get to a thousand followers on Instagram before the end of the year. So if you don't follow me, please follow me. Hopefully you get it. I'm hoping you do. But yeah, so what's new in the book world, Stevie? Um, what is new? It's Christmas week, so there's not very many things coming out. Um, Abby McCarthy's releasing The Last Goodbye. My girl Kelly Elliott, who will be here, I think, in February or January, I'm not sure which, um, is Take Me Away. Um, What'd you drop? I didn't drop anything. The cat knocks, jumped up there, and he's going to knock everything over now. Anyway. I haven't been reading anything, so there's been nothing new for me. Oh, wait, this is new. This is new. If you, uh, so this is going to come out on the 23rd. If you are a part of my newsletter, Congratulations, you have received my newsletter today, and you're going to be seeing a little snippet of Valor and Bishop, and uh, yeah, they, it's going to show them doing something in, like, in, the, in their future life, and how they've been, and just a little checkup on them, so make sure you're subscribed to my newsletter for you to do that. Yeah, yeah I, haven't, I haven't been reading a lot, mostly because I'm working on book four in the theory series. I believe this book is out already. But I just finished reading it yesterday, and it's wonderful. It's called The Ace and the Assistant by Jiffy Kate, which is apparently two girls who live in two different towns, like one in Texas and one in Oklahoma or something like that. I absolutely love them. So I can't read them. I have to pick them up. I can't wait to read more from them. Never know. Maybe we'll get them. 
Um, but yeah, so I have been on a writing, I've been writing book four in the Fury series, and I have so much, I have so much planned for 2021 for my readers. I have five books altogether coming out in 2021, and four of those books are a part of a whole different world, and it's gonna be fun, and I can't wait. But uh, yeah, so I'm super excited. So let's um, drop some uh, hints as to who's coming in January because January is kicking off <gasps> a whole new year for us. The love of my life is coming on. She's not the love of my life. She is the love of my life. Her books are the love of my life. Um, uh, right after the holidays, we're sitting down with Piper Rain. I'm so excited for this episode. I'm excited for her too. I'm excited for her too. Um, then Candy Steiner. Oh my god! <laughs> fangirling, I'm fangirling. I'm having a moment. I love her. I and love Nikki Candy. I love her books. Um, Nikki Ash, which I'm super excited about. This is her release date episode, and it's going to be so much fun. Um, I cannot wait to read this new series, and if you're familiar with her fighting series, it's the grandkids of nice. the original fighting series. So, Make sure you guys pick that out. And then we'll end the month for Kelly Elliott, who is one of my favorite uh, small town authors. Uh, fun story. She was one of the first books I purchased when I got my first Kindle. Um, her Wanted series. So that was pretty cool. And we'll, we're jam-packed full of fun people. I'm super excited. Um, but, um... And if you're an author and you want to be on the show, um, just go to our Instagram and hit the link tree and go to the Google form and it will send me something so I can schedule you. Yeah. And speaking of fun people to chat with, let's go ahead and head on over and uh, let's talk to A.M. Koozie. A.M. Koozie is the pen name of a husband and wife team. We are we enjoy writing romance novels that are inspired by our own experiences as an interracial multicultural couple. Our novels are about strong women and the sexy heroes they fall in love with are emotionally satisfying and always have a happy ending. Thank you so much for joining us, Marcus and Ashley. We are so excited to have you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. I go by Ash. Just FYI. Okay, oh, my bad, sorry. I will call you <laughs> Ash. I will call you Ash, my bad. Um, so I guess my biggest question, like to start this, we're gonna kick this off like right out. To start this out, I also have a husband and if he ever tried to write romance novels with me, I think I would kick him like <laughs> where the sun doesn't shine. Like he, we do not have the same brain. So how does that work? Like, how does that work for you guys? This is just, I'm so curious about it. There are some days where I wanna kick him. Yeah. Uh, okay, leave the room. And I'm like, okay, I'll leave the room. Yeah. Like, I, I just stop. I can't talk about this. Just, just stop talking. Yeah. Um. But um. So our writing process is that Ashley does all the writing. That is her skill set, and she's a better writer than me. So she does all the writing. But mm-hmm. we brought together, and then um, as she writes the story, I critique it um, chapter by chapter, and also I help her with the uh, male point of view, um, in the books. And then when it's done, I handle most of the marketing stuff um, on the back end stuff. So it's a real team effort, but um, it's a little easier because I'm doing the writing and it's really the plotting that was where we bump heads the most. Bump to that mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, I can only imagine, like when I was telling, I was telling my husband, I was like, you know, like I'm doing a podcast with like a husband and wife duo or whatever. And he was like, there's no way. He was like, there's no way. You are way too controlling that you wouldn't let me do anything. I was like, you're right. You're right. It's fine. 
Um, so you guys are the author of the Shattered Cove series, which is actually Stevie is who told me about you guys. And that's the series that I've read by you guys, which listen now, I've told everybody that comes to this podcast, when you recommend me a book, it better make me cry. I'm a super like empathetic person, you know, and I love books that like deal with the hard topics. I write books that deal with the hard topics. I love that kind of thing. And so this series, the tears, the (laughs) tears were all over the place. I loved this series. This, these books are so special. Like genuinely, if I could shout it from the rooftops about the series, like one series, this would be it. Thank you. Thank you. It is so amazing. Like, honestly. So when we have small town authors, like, like not small town authors, but small town romance authors, like on the, you know, podcast, we like to ask like, what inspired like Shattered Cove? Like, is it like a real place? That kind of thing. <laughs> so Shattered Cove is actually based off where we live now. Okay. Um, we lived in this on the seacoast in New Hampshire, and uh, we moved here about a year and a half ago. And we just kind of fell in love with the seacoast area. So it's kind of a mixture of like the best things about the local towns around here mm-hmm. that we love mixed into one town. Oh, yeah. I love that. I yeah, love plus, that. Plus, um, we've lived in a we've lived mostly in small towns, so mm-hmm. like we have we have like that vibe also. And then um, other than that, I want to tell about the, we wanted to focus uh, with this is more on uh, sharing trauma mm. and uh, helping people yes. who deal with trauma and um, actually deal with a lot of trauma growing up. So I'll let her talk about that. Oh, I don't know if you're getting that too into a later, um, she was just asking about the town. So I didn't know. Oh, okay. Wanted. Oh yeah. We'll totally delve into all of that. Cause trust okay. me, I love to know about stuff like that. Okay. Um, right. yeah. Um, so like when anybody, like when I read small town romance, I'm like, I'm, I'm from a small town. I was born in a small town, like in the, like at the end of Virginia, like on the edge of Tennessee. And when I read these towns, I'm like, where are people finding these cute towns? (laughs) (laughs) I have one stoplight and a gas station and a dollar general. Okay. (laughs) What is happening? And so (laughs) I'm like, where are they finding these? places and so I love reading about them and then when I tell my friends about them they're like listen let's move to wherever this book is because we are living in I don't even know Richlands Virginia that has nothing like this <laughs> so I love that aspect of it and I think you guys have really like kudos to like your writing I think you guys have really like developed like a really like at home kind of thing like I know what it looks like like I feel like if somebody gave me directions to this place and I drove there as soon as I hit town limits I would know what it looked like I'd be like, yep, this is it. We're here. Thank you. So the first book in the series is A Fallen Star. Um, I love this book because it deals with a lot of topics that I personally have went through in my life. So any type that I, anytime that I can relate to a character, it's just chef kisses. But this book was written so well. Like you guys do not shy away from these hard topics or anything of that nature. So what was like the inspiration of wanting to deal with like this, you know, these heavy hitter topics? So the whole idea about Shattered Coast series was I really wanted to delve deeper into trauma and, and explore my own trauma, um, but also like give that, that hope out there for people who are going through it. Um, and the idea came from, I'm one of uh, four children And Mm -hmm. uh, me and my siblings have all dealt with the trauma in our life and in the family we grew up in very different ways. And it's affected Mm -hmm. us so differently. And I really wanted to explore that through the characters. So um, book one uh, was about an addict. Mikkel is an addict. And um, 
I, even more so than focusing on him and his struggles, mm-hmm. I wanted to focus on the role of Remy. Oh God. I dare anybody to read this book and not fall in love with that girl. I love her. I love her. Um, I just really wanted to show like how much of a struggle it is to find the balance between helping, loving somebody, loving an addict and enabling them. And like, oh, yes. the doubt that comes with that and where to draw the line and where she needed to stand up for herself. And it was the way of rewriting history for me in a way. Mm-hmm. And so that's really where that story came from. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, you know, when an author can put themselves like in pages and be like vulnerable with themselves, like I too, like write about things that have happened to me in my childhood, because I feel like the, like the reality of it is, is like people do not all have like fantastic childhoods, you know? And I think that this couple, like you said it perfectly, like her trying to be there for him, but not trying to enable him is like so tough. And it's really stuff that people who have addicts in their life deal with. And it's like, like, how do I like love you without <laughs> like allowing you to do these things and hurt me, you know? And so what inspired like each character, like Remy and Mikael, like what inspired like each of them? Because Remy, like I said, I love her. That girl is strong. She's my love favorite. It. And so was that like inspired by who you are as a person or was it like a person you met? one of your siblings well um so it's it's sort of both it's it's me when I was young and naive but um without getting too much into it it was also inspired by my mother because my father was the addict and the alcoholic Mm -hmm. in my family and so um just figuring out that working through that so that you know I always knew that when I grew up I didn't want to be in a relationship like that yes but I know there are so many women out there who get into relationships like that. And so to take a look at somebody who was naive and who was, mm-hmm. and just to show how you can slip into that. And it doesn't mean they're a bad person. Yeah. Just, you know, you could, you... it just shows like how enticing, I wouldn't say enticing, enticing is a bad word. It shows how like, uh, I guess like magnetic or like sucking in an addict's personality is like, yeah. And you can love them. That passion can mm-hmm. be there. That lust can be there. You can love them with everything in you. And that can still not be enough because at the end of the day, it's a decision that they have to make. And it's something that they have to work through on their own. Yes. You can be there for them. But in the end, it's, it's them. Absolutely. I love yeah. that. And, um, the other aspect, like you could see with Remy's growth, she went from naive um, to being able to strong, stand firm with her choices and her decisions. Mm-hmm. It also shows, um, what about like the character growth in terms of like okay now because you're in a better place position and um these are the skills or tools that you have so how can you use that to help your partner who is struggling or dealing with these issues in their lives so that you guys can grow together as a couple yes i, I love that i love that so much um so because these deal with like such like hard topics like do you guys like at the end of a book like when you finish it like are you just like because I know like me personally, like I write about hard topics and I know like at the end of a book, I'm like, I need a drink, a hard drink, like Jack Daniels liquor. And so like, how do you guys like kind of decompress from coming into that world and like putting yourself in that, those shoes? Honestly, you know, I get, have to get into the mindset before I'm about to write it. I do that a lot with music, setting the tone. I have different songs mm-hmm. for different scenes and things like that. Um, while I'm in it, 
I'm in it. I'm feeling what the characters are feeling. So when I'm done writing, I'm drained. Oh yeah. Love yeah. it. It's it's not even so much after the, oh, sorry, after the book, but like during it for me, mm-hmm. during scenes and just having to, you know, as writers, you're putting yourself in your character's shoes. You are them. Yeah. And so you're going through what they're going through. So, I mean, talk about being, you know, tired. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, right, being an author is not tiring. And I'm like, it may not be like the most physically demanding job you've ever done in your life, but I guarantee when you've been inside 18 different people's heads, it's very mentally exhausting. Yes. And so, um, Stevie, do you have any questions about A Falling Star before we move on to the next one? What sparked the idea of this couple and all they go through? I think, like, I think, I think, like, for, uh, for this couple, like, like I guess like the dynamic of her if have you know like the little sisters you know like best friends little sister kind of thing like was that like something that you guys had figured out at the beginning of it and then kind of built the characters off of that or was it the other way around we usually start with a story and then we're like oh it happens to be this trope mm. um, me too yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so a lot of our stories don't necessarily like this one for instance it's best friend's little sister and usually you have more secrecy with that Mm-hmm. And we didn't have a lot of that with this. So ours may fit in a trope, but it doesn't, it's not cookie cutter fit. Um, yes. So yeah. And I mean, Mikkel was honestly like who I designed the story around because yeah. I could empathize with a lot of his feelings. Oh, same. I was like, boy, you are making me cry. You are pulling a dumpster fire behind you. And I'm like right there with you, pal. It's like Jesus, get off of this emotional roller coaster. We are standing on, pal. Okay, we need level ground. That's literally how I felt. Like I was screaming at him. I was like, "You are stressing me out." Yeah, and um, the other thing also is like when we started this series, like we were planning on writing a three book series. Mm-hmm. So we we're talking about three siblings, and then I was like, "Why don't we make it into a four book um series?" Mm-hmm. And then try to, because I I prefer the um I prefer Mikkel having an older brother. Yes. So that the, um no. And um Remy having an older brother, so that um it will be it will make it more um exciting to have him protecting her because she's so naive. Yes. And so the relationship set up in the family because usually, if um the if a child is that naive, it means there will be like older siblings who are more mature and know a lot about stuff. So they're kind of shorter, the younger yeah. ones. They don't see all the other stuff that's going on. Yeah. So and it like almost makes them the bad guy as like the oldest of my, my group, right? Of my siblings. I'm like, I feel like you're more hardened from the world, right? Because you spent your whole life shielding them from this. And I think that, I think that Andre did that for Remy, you know, like he tried his best his whole life to kind of like, that's why she's naive is because she had a great older brother. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just then she got thrown in with, she fell in love with somebody that was like, sorry, <laughs> got you <laughs> love, pal. Um, so Stevie, do you want to take the questions on Glass Secrets with Mia, who I adore? All right, Mia and Andre. This was one of my favorite books. That's why I was letting I you take it. I actually fell in love with the second book, probably more than the first, but I fell in love with the first too. It was like, I don't know, this ended up being my absolute favorite out of the three. Oh, oh wow. wow! Thank so you. So far, I haven't read the fourth That's one. <laughs> Andre's hot. Um, well, he's all to me. He's he's the book boyfriend. He's he's like 
Perfect. Oh, he's, Maybe you. <laughs> <laughs> he's damaged. We'll use that word. But he's smart and he's he's just I don't know. He's my perfect book boyfriend. I would see him. Yeah, he's like book like business savvy with like a touch of jackass, and that's like everybody's like yes. And I, I think want that jackass that that attracted me to it. Like I was. Like, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're rude, but I like it. It's fine. <laughs> And so I guess like with like this couple, I think they're the definition of like fighting fire with fire, but like in a good way. And so like, you've heard that term, like you can't do that. But me, it was like, watch me. (laughs) And so I, what was the concept of making that couple? Because I feel like in so many ways, they were so different than the first couple we saw. Because Mia was like, boy, I will jack you up. Like, don't. (laughs) I was so excited right Mia because she is so sexually confident and- Mm. She was just, I mean, she, she was just confident, you know? Yeah. And I liked, um, I liked that she had gone through this trauma, but this book was more about drawing attention to the immigration system Mm -hmm. and we've gone through it, um, as a couple and we've dealt with ice and things like that. We really wanted to show people that it is not just cut and dry. Yeah. So many reasons why even people who come to the U S legally, are going to be dealing with major issues mm-hmm. um, like the dreamers and the DACA act and why that's so important. And so, you know, we were writing this as uh, DACA was on unstable ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the time that um, there was everything was happening with the whole DACA, like people didn't know what was going to happen with yeah. um, the decisions and all that. So, uh, and then based on our experience with the whole thing, it's like, if you're not in that person's shoes, like you don't know what they're dealing with, the trauma that comes with um, being held by the eyes, the treatment you are given, you don't know any of that. And so a lot of people don't know that. And because they don't know that, they cannot empathize. So we wrote that book to show people, this is what goes on. And this is how you can see what really is happening to them and help people to empathize with them and see that, okay, even though these people are going through these issues, um, it's not like they are evil. Yeah going through these issues because of something but they're taking responsibility for it and so we shouldn't just um blame them or be like hey you're a bad person and then give them that kind of stereotypical um name or calling in terms of the group setting so that was the main driving factor for that and with um andre we realized that we had to um create clip them yeah. okay so uh, so i'll talk about the whole um okay Okay. Oh, you're okay. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Okay. Just continue. I was talking I'm about, over there. I was talking about um, Andre, and then we, we wrote his character in such a way that we wanted to show how, even though he has one of women, there could be, he could um, change, his mindset could be changed about that. Like, mm-hmm. with, did I have about women based on his past relationship? Should it be something that he draws on in such a way that prevents him from being able to fall in love with somebody who is the perfect match for him? Yeah. And I, 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 I think I love, that's what I liked about this couple the most, honestly, is the fact that the underlying plot is kind of just as important as like, you know, like the romance of it. And I think you guys do that so well to like, it's such a power, like you deal with literally so many powerful things that I'm like, God, these books. And I think even more so than loving the romance of this couple, when I recommend this to people, I think it's honestly, you guys are writing books to like, inform and like show people that 
people who don't understand and people who turn a blind eye to certain topics like this and then say that they understand what's going on. It's like, you're never going to be able to know because you'll never be in those, that position unless it's happening to you. But you can, this book shows how you can empathize and how to understand like what they're going through. That's exactly it. We like to write it a little morally ambiguous so that by the time you get to our point, you're so invested in those characters. You are the characters. Mm -hmm. You can have more empathy. Yeah. And I mean, God, like I said, Andre is, he's like, just a, I love him. And so like, and I think you said it really well that he was so scarred by like a past girlfriend that he couldn't even see that like this chick is literally, is you. <laughs> it's like, yes. it's you in a girl form. You guys are perfect. It's like, why are you being like this? And yeah, so I really love this book. And then book three, which I cried. I literally had to stop reading. Like, I'm not joking you. I had to stop reading like halfway through because I was like, I don't even know what to do. I'm so sad. I was like so emotionally invested in this book. So Defying Gravity is between Bentley and Bill. And this was such like a, just a relevant topic, like for just the time and like everything that was going on and that kind of thing. And it's kind of... Was that like the goal for this book? Like, it's to like bring awareness to like everything that happens when you're in a like an interracial cut, like an interracial couple. Originally, that was not the goal at mm -hmm. all for this story. Um, but when it came time to write it, we were plotting it. I just felt like something was missing, and mm -hmm. it came to me. And I told Marcus about it, and we both ended up crying plotting it. Yeah. So, um. Yeah. It just felt like you know, this is our chance to, you know, he's, a, he's a sheriff and she's a black woman raising a black boy. So this is our chance to really do this story justice. Yeah. And so basically what today is a modern day forbidden romance and to really show what it is like to be in an interracial relationship, especially mm -hmm. when you're with somebody who's in law enforcement. Oh yeah. That, yes, that was our goal. Yeah. So Go and we actually like, wrote this book before everything like happened mm -hmm. we wrote this back in january like before everything happened this year we already yes. have written it so like um our diversity editor was the one who was like this book needs to go out as soon as possible and then like we yeah got we it thought out. maybe we should hang on to this wait till everything <laughs> comes out yeah, yeah that kind of thing but no i think it was perfect i think that was the perfect time to do it is because i feel like there was so much um, in a world where there's so much misinformation and like misjudgment and just all of that kind of thing, it just kind of like allows you to see it from perspectives that you don't really think about and go through things that you don't like allow yourself to go through. And as somebody who like my husband is uh, past law enforcement, like he used to work in law enforcement and I was so torn between like loving him and hating like what he did, you know, and it was kind of like this just Oh, and that's how I felt reading this book. I was like, dude, I, oh, ugh, Jesus, it's so <laughs> immorally tugging at you, you know? And so these two, um, like, I think like the way that they balance each other out, was that like inspired, like how you guys are? Cause I think that they were such like, when you take away outside influences, right. And you just look at them as a couple, they are so just like, like yin and yang like they balance each other out really well and so is that inspired by like who you guys are and like your relationship <laughs> yes in a lot of ways in a lot of ways um again with this book I put a lot of myself into Belle and Bentley it was the mm -hmm. duality in myself I was the oldest out of my siblings and mm -hmm. so I you know I know what it's like to want to like you said protect your siblings 
and um, sort of watch out for them and bear the brunt of things and always try to be looking like you're the strong one. So you don't yes. necessarily ask for help or show those emotions. And then on the other side, on the flip side, I knew what it was like to overcome those things and, mm -hmm. and know that you can get through it and that you have to talk about it. And um, so I really put a lot of that into the, into the couple. Yeah. And so like having to deal with like the situations that they go through and having to deal with like, you know, racial profiling and things that are a very real aspect. And I guess for people like white, the like white people, myself included, I guess it's just like when some people say like, oh, like, you know, like white privilege isn't a thing. It's like, yeah, you, that's, that's it right there. Yeah. And so like this book shows you that. Like it shows you how, you know, white privilege is still a thing. And it, and that's such a very real thing that happens. And so like have in speaking from you two who are like an interracial couple is like, do you guys deal with that? Like on a daily basis, like having to deal with situations in like that, you know, go on. Yeah. 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 Like, I, like I'll give an example. Like me, for example, um, because everything that goes on, I really go out at night. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't find me like out like after 5 p.m. Or when it's dark, like I wouldn't go out because I know if I'm out, the chances that X, Y, Z will happen to me is very high. And mm -hmm. so to prevent that from happening, I stay home. Um, when we go out, sometimes like people will be looking at us, staring at us, you know, like in all the time. Very like uh, I just headbutt somebody. You got more yeah, than I do. No I had to punch somebody in the face. Yeah, and you know, like we actually like when we were first dating, like I think that was 2010. Like we experienced that like in one of the stores. Yeah. I don't want to mention the stores. People name, would say, you oh know, yeah, sure. Yeah, it happened a lot more uh, when we were down south when we lived in Virginia um, oh, than yeah. up here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, but it still happens up here. So, yeah, it's just a matter of like I have to listen to him and hear from his perspective, and then realize that I uh, realize my privilege. You know, I yeah. realize that it's safe for me to go out right now or go to the store, but it's not safe necessarily for him. We were going to the store um, a couple weeks ago. I'll give you an example. And we, this local Walmart, Walmart we went into, um, I saw some skinheads and they had like the insignias and stuff. Yeah. We avoid going there, but I had to go there for something. And my kids were in the car and they, and I hadn't been going into stores because I'm high, uh, high risk mm -hmm. with COVID. Um, but this time I was going in because for our family, it was safer for me to go in. And yeah, my daughter was like, mommy, why are you going in? And I was like, it's just, it's better if I go in, it's safer if I go in. And my oldest goes, it's because she's white. Oh my God. And just yeah. the fact that they're already picking up on that at like, she was like seven at the time. It was yeah. just like, wow. Yeah. Ugh, that's like oh that's so powerful first of all I would have I see you've got I would have said some I would have hit somebody ran somebody over my car I'm crazy like that I but that in itself is a privilege like we yes. have privilege to act out like yes to us once he they yeah, I'll, I'll just walk away I'm not going to detain anything we were driving no. through a stop sign and somebody yelled the n-word out of the window and mm. my kids were in the car they didn't hear it they heard what I yelled at the man <laughs> and Marcus was like don't react but I was already mid-reaction and I just screamed out my window at him but that was a privilege I realized he was like what if they you know had some uh, weapon in the car what if they came after us like all yeah. this stuff. and I was like I didn't think about any of that yeah and enough to react 
I've had conversations because I feel like having these kinds of conversations, like especially now is so much, I feel like it's more common. Like it's like, it's becoming a thing where like these things are coming to light. And I was having a conversation with friends of mine. And so I am, I was raised in the South, but I, but my mom is, was raised in the North. So I have very, um, different views than like say some of my family members do and that kind of thing and so like having conversations with them where it's like oh you know like I am not racist like I don't have white privilege and I was like yes but also your child could probably like walk to the park at, from like playing basketball at a 9 p.m in the dark with his hood on and not have to worry about it because you know he's white and you know you don't have to think about you don't have to worry about those things or like teach your children, like if you're a person of color and you don't have to teach your children how to be pulled over, like you just never have to think about those things. And now these things are kind of like coming out and people are saying it. And I think it's such a, it's a beautiful thing. And this book was so beautiful. Like genuinely congratulations to writing this book. Like it was amazing. It made me cry. I cannot. Thank you so much. And, and so like, as a person who wants to eventually, like as recently, actually I'm writing a character who's a person of color and I obviously am not a person of color. So what would be like your advice for doing that? Because I want to respect the community as much as possible, you know, like, but it's difficult because I'm not a part of said community and I'm never going to be because it's, I'm not, but like, what would be your advice on that? First of all, find a sensitivity editor. Yeah. Um, use Renita McKinney of a book a day and she's amazing she's been with us since the beginning mm-hmm. and um, the good thing the one thing I like about Renita is she has lived through all of the racial injustices like pretty much I think from 1960 or so so she has a ton of experience she actually was one of the first black kids to be enrolled in a white school during the um in the south in the south wow. So wow. she has that experience so that really comes into focus when she's doing this interview so that is someone like I will personally recommend um, yeah. for some CV edit. And yeah. then the other thing will be um, when you're writing it, like just look at the person as an individual. Yeah. And try to like stay away from stereotypes. So one of the stereotypes would be like um, naming certain parts of their body with food. You know, mm-hmm. like um, I don't know what it's chocolate exactly. skin and things like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You want to stay away from those, obviously. Um, and yeah, I don't know, since you've edited, like, just write a person as a human being mm-hmm. and, you know, like, um, make them real. Be careful of stereotypes. Like, in our in our books, I like to keep the bad guys as white guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because in a lot of books and a lot of movies and TV, you know, you associate dark with evil. Light yeah. With good. So I like to try to fight that stereotype in, in the books. Um as you know from book one yes <laughs> and um and then you know you're just writing real people with real stories the first time I wrote a black woman I was very intimidated I'm not gonna lie um mm-hmm. but it really helped me through that and I was like oh this is easy I'm just writing about another woman you know it's yeah. like you you have to be more conscious of things um but yeah like for example Belle Mm-hmm. A lot of people, especially in the beginning of the book, are going to see an angry black woman. Yeah, she's angry, but she has every right to be. Exactly. So as the story goes on, you understand the reasons behind her anger. Yeah, and you don't just see an angry black woman. 
Yeah. And it's not, that's not all she is either, you know, that kind of thing. And so like, I'm currently writing a female who's Latina. And so I know that, and I have a person on my team who's from Spain. And so like, she is a godsend because she, I guess she would, you would label, like she would be like a sensitivity reader, I guess for me, because when I write something, I want to make sure that it's culturally appropriate for like where she came from. Right. And she's like, the and I would know when I was writing her, when I was writing Sophia, I was like, what is the one thing that you don't like when you read yourself in books? And she's like, we're not all angry and we don't all like, you know, like we're not all like these like Spanish feisty women and like angry and that kind of thing. And that's, and how we're portrayed in like public views. That's not how we all are. Like there are some of us that are quiet. We're just really like deep in our culture and yes, dance is a part of it and like that kind of thing, but it's not everything and like not everybody. And so I think writing books with people of color and people of different, you know, nationalities and cultures is so, I think, needed. And it's like a brush of like fresh, fresh air. Because I used to think when I was reading, when I started out reading, I was like, I don't ever see like my personality, like when I read books. And then I got older and I was like, wow, like the amount of white characters that I read, like I cannot even imagine what it would be like to be somebody who is Latina or African-American or anything like that, because it just doesn't happen as often. And I hate that. And it makes me sad. Yeah. I, I mean, I want like our girls when they get older to be able to read books that with a family that looks like theirs, mm. with characters that look like them. Yeah. Um, one one thing I'll add is um like because we write a lot about um African Americans, one thing that actually does is she learns about Black history. Mm-hmm. And so she has a lot of books that she reads and that helps her expand the knowledge about the Black culture without necessarily living among the Black community. She can learn a lot from books that she reads, which she'll say, "This is what happened. This is how things are." Yeah, I love that. Okay, so switching to like a, a little bit of a lighter little lighter topics we're gonna move to like writing questions and things of that nature but before we do that we're gonna segue what are you guys drinking yes (laughs) (laughs) we're not drinking anymore we're not drinking anymore (laughs) um i've made we have a lot of food allergies so i have to make a lot of stuff homemade so i made him some hot cocoa um with homemade marshmallows and then i'm not a huge hot cocoa drinker so i made myself some coffee I love coffee, but currently I'm drinking, um, it's Christmas sangria that matches my sweater. Um, so yeah, it's got like champagne and like some like cheap champagne. Don't act like I'm bougie because I'm not, I got this at like food lion, but like, um, some champagne and like a snapple and lime juice. And I was really worried about it, but it's actually fantastic. So that's what I'm doing. And Stevie, what are you drinking? I have hot chocolate with, um, Jim Beam vanilla. Oh snap! Mm-hmm. Jesus, we're just we're al- we look like alcoholics. <laughs> my homemade mug. We look I, like I, alcoholics. That also has my name and it says blogger. Oh, nice! Oh. Look at you. She makes she makes some of the coolest things I've ever seen with like mugs and stuff like that. It's insane. I actually, so well, well, I'll mention too because we actually have Piper Ra- Piper Rain coming on um soon, really yeah. after the new year. Um, I did a artwork for both of them and it is all set all seven i believe of the bailey series oh jeez with all the cast names the characters names built into a crossword puzzle that's because you're just you're oh you're like amazing like that stevie that took forever to figure out how to do it and how to place the names but it all worked out and they're all color-coded and it was a long process and it was it was fun it was 
my it's my favorite one so far. I like doing them. I've done I've done them for her, but I can't reveal hers until after all her books are out. Because <laughs> I'm slow. Um, so do you want to take the writing questions? Because I feel like I always feel like at the beginning of it, I talk way too much. It stresses me out. <laughs> so I'm gonna give me a muzzle. All right. Um, let's see. Where did your love of storytelling come from? From each of you. Who was like, hey, let's write a book? <laughs> well, I didn't have a lot of um, storytelling from childhood. Um, it started when we started writing um, nonfiction. And then um, when she told me about writing fiction, that was when I was like, okay, we can do this. And then she showed me what her story was like. And I was like, this is really good. And then that was pretty much where it started. Um, with intentional fiction because the first book we wrote was actually the first fiction book he wrote read from front to cover front to yeah back. oh well sweet look at that <laughs> so i mean when you started so when you started writing it right did you expect that you guys were going to be this like author duo like that you guys this is what you were going to do so we're actually also non-fiction authors um mm -hmm. already so but at for to, to expect to be um fiction writers I mean, it's always been a dream of mine. Mm -hmm. um, I'd live in it. Hoped it would happen, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, but no, but no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, writing was always a form, writing and reading was a form of escape for me mm -hmm. growing up in the house that I grew up in. And so um, I wrote and wrote and wrote. And um, my grandmother, who I call Nana, she also wrote a book. Um, and because of us getting our book, for publishing our book, she was able to publish her book because um, we showed her how. And so that was a dream come true for her. But yeah, I remember growing up and she was like, yeah, you know, writing is fun, but you'll never make a living doing it. But. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, we, we're making a living doing it now. <laughs> I mean, like, congratulations on that part. And I think that's so cool. Like just giving back to like the people that kind of, you know, like inspired, like who you are and like helped you grow into like the writer that you are, you know? And like I said, like, so you guys split it up as in like you write, you know, scenes and then you plot together, you write scenes and then you're kind of like the editor, that kind of thing. Right. And yeah. so mm -hmm. go ahead. <laughs> I feel like we're just like right on top of each other. I'm sorry. Just interrupt me. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'll write the chat. Well, we, so we plot and then I, what I do is I chapter map. So I know the goals for each chapter and then I go in and write them. Then he'll read every single one and he'll um go over and he'll be like well, let's add this there's not enough of this uh tension here or let's do this for the male point of view okay so uh, i don't know what he's going to see this but you guys can see this i have to go through this it's a new book book um six. Oh, the, like looking at it hello yep <laughs> i have to go Perfect. through it and then make sure everything is flowing the pacing see if we need to add things in there. And then when we are done, we'll put it through the story grid uh, methodology mm -hmm. and then try to get everything that we that needs to be in the love story in there in terms of the scenes and the obligatory conventions. So my, this is like something I'm super curious about. So my husband, if he were to ever read the books that I write, <laughs> good God, <laughs> Lord help him because there are some steamy scenes, okay? Okay. So like, does that, how do, does that, is that like something that's like fun for you guys? Like I literally, I am blushing thinking about my husband reading it. I'm not even joking. This was actually answered on TikTok, I <laughs> I'm not even joking you. Um, we're super comfortable talking about sex and, and all of that. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
it's not it's it's fun it's fun to do it be like I just wrote this really hot scene babe you have to read this scene you know and so and then he'll read it and he'll be like yeah that's good but add a little more here or you know take away that there so yeah and I think I've always been I'm super comfortable like I'm bisexual so I've always been super comfortable with my sexuality and like who I am as a person and my husband is not okay he is very just like he's very like just quiet and like to himself you know and so and when he grew up like in his family they didn't talk about sex like it wasn't just a conversation we're the same same. it's literally the same situation so I'm bisexual too and he was never even given like a talk yeah Yeah. I I learned everything on my own see that's my that's my husband that's my husband I'm serious he's like he's like why like I'll be having conversations with my friends and we'll just talk about you know like whatever I don't care and he's like, oh my God, Alex. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, it's not even, it's fine. People have sex, chill out, you're okay. And so I think I think that's so cool that you guys are able to do that because trying to do that with him, I could just see his red face now. He'd be like, please, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's awesome. So like, that's so cool that you guys can do that. So you write these, write these books, you do it as a unit. How do you guys handle negative feedback? Because it's a reality of everybody that writes a book. Um, with so I read most when when we first published the book, um, we both read the reviews and then I keep track of all the reviews. And then when they're negative um, reviews, I just let her know about it um, and then see if it's constructive or not. And yeah. so sometimes it's like a negative review and the person didn't even read the book or they didn't finish the book. Or it's a review that doesn't even relate to the book that they're reviewing. Mm-hmm. And so those like I don't let her know about it. Um, and so that is how we handle the negative feedback. If it's constructive, we take it into consideration and then we use that to um, better our books. So for example, yes. when you read like our first books, you realize like their story, their stories are really good stories, but the writing is different from the writing in this new series. It's honestly like completely, like if you read um, the first two books that we wrote and you read the book, the new series now, you think a completely different author wrote them. Yeah. yeah. So we and took I mean- those feedback and then added more and then we're like okay how can we make things better you know and you know it's really good to get that feedback even if it's a negative feedback yeah and I mean I think that negative reviews are necessary to help grow your craft and like like you said like if you read I I just feel Ella I read Love and Hockey the other day which is my first book and I'm like and I read the like the book I'm working on now and even now like even though it's like three books later I so see such a difference in like how I write and like those kind of things and I think negative reviews help but like like I said I have a team so basically I'm a very empathetic person so if somebody like comes for like me you know like if it has to do with my book like okay but if it comes for me like negative towards me it like I, I'll cry like can't do it so my team has to like we'll sift through them and they'll send me negative reviews like hey they said that you know maybe you should try this or like you should do that and I'll take it you know and be like okay I might do it I might not thank you for the con- you know consideration but I appreciate it but I just think that yeah I think that negative reviews are necessary and like Stevie who's a blogger has a this thing she says and what is that Stevie I will never ever write a negative review. I will put constructive criticism in it, but I will never be negative towards an author, A, because this is a career choice that some of them made or a hobby, Mm -hmm. and you put a lot of effort into it. Every single author puts so much time in it, and as I've grown from from blogging and actually being a beta reader for Alex or MJ, whatever you want to call her today, um, I'm... it's important to know how the process is and how long and how much time goes into these books. It isn't, you don't write a book in a weekend. It's a wish. God bless. 
And I will say, I've read reviews. I do go on and I read some of the reviews, like when I'm posting mine. And I recently read a view, review, and I will not name whose page it was. Um, Spilling tea, Stevie, don't say names. Well, <laughs> because she is a good friend of ours now, and I, I really like her. And the review was just so unfair and unbiased about something so trivial. They told her not to write about blondes anymore. She writes about too many blonde-haired characters. They need to be brunette. And it's I'm like, sitting there like, who gave you an arc? <laughs> a copy of their book because that was unnecessary and I think I saw I saw somebody I think we were talking to Alexis Winters and she said that go to your favorite book in the entire world and go to Goodreads and look how many negative reviews that book has and it's like that's so that's so true you know so switching to trope questions this is Stevie's favorite so she's like you know secret baby whatever and I'm over here, like, because when I'm a lot like you guys, when I write my book, I'm like, <laughs> I don't pick a trope and then just go with it. I pick characters, plot it out, write it out. I get to the end of it. And my PR is like, so what are you calling it? And I'm like, I have no idea. I have no idea. It's like five tropes in one book. Yeah, it's like, there's a lot. Pick one. <laughs> so I don't really know. So what is your favorite trope to write? And like, why? Um, we like the enemies to love us. Um, I just I love the tension in the enemy so straight fire it just it's there's so much more space you have to overcome and I just I love that I love that angst yeah, yeah. And plus you can usually like when they are enemies to love it, it's kind of different you can see how they complement each other because mm. but they cannot see it and so yeah as a reader you're like I don't think I see this you know like <laughs> So, it's like that irony like yeah. watching it like you're like jesus do you not see that you're perfect yeah you're just saying and you get to know a lot of you get to know people better like when they're angry i really genuinely think that and so i think that it's it's different than like going on dates like we're fighting instead of going on dates but you get to know that person on like a deeper level than just like what's your favorite color kind of thing you know they're real there's no bullshit this is me when I'm angry <laughs> yes exactly exactly so are your favorite tropes to write your favorite ones to read like do you both read romance do you just read romance like how's that um yes I love to read enemies love first I also like secret baby though I really oh my gosh I have to stop Stevie come get her myself from adding secret babies to every single book I'm like it's it's hasn't been long enough i have to wait for another okay oh, read alexis winter she's been on here um she has a whole series about secret babies only one book is not a secret baby and it is the best series i will go back to the series i write reread the series like a hundred times that's like your crack cocaine jesus <laughs> and then she wrote a second one that was like had two secret babies in it I could not. I don't know. It's it's just, I, I love secret baby romance. <laughs> I don't love it or hate it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that I hate it. I think it's just like, it's just not my cup of tea, you know? But I mean, I have a very different like taste of romance than Stevie does. So that's, true. that's just but, why but it's just like, not the same. You like the fallen star. Yes, I do. And I did. That's the thing is I did like the book. I did. I loved it. I love that book. It's just like, I don't like seek out like CV's like secret baby trope. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will say when I'm signing up for things, if they if they list the tropes and the tropes they secret baby, most likely I will be signing up. Exactly. And so I went into it blind because all CV told me she was like, hey, these are really good books. Read them. They'll probably make you cry. And I was like, gang on. <laughs> 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 and, 
I read them and they did make me cry. So um, what trope have you not written, but you would like to? Dark romance. But, oh, that's me. <laughs> but like dark gray romance. Okay, you were talking like 50 Shades so, We write, um, all our books are going to have clear consent and um, mm-hmm. no intimate other woman scenes. And no abuse. And no abuse. Of oh, yeah. Hero to heroine. And so when you get into the really dark romance, there mm-hmm. is that. And so just because I don't like reading it, I mean, there's nothing wrong if you like to read it or write it. Mm-hmm. But just because I don't like to read it, I'm not going to like to write it. So yeah, I mean, that's completely understandable. So I'm going to stick to the, the what I call it, like dark gray romance. We're in like a gray area. See, for me, um, I guess, so my next series that I'm working what did you say? A lot of people say cheating is one of the ones they won't write. That's because you like, I mean, I'm, I personally, I will do whatever my characters want me to do. But um, I think for me, the ne- next series that I'm working on, I'm working on like sports series, like the last book in the sport, the sports romance I'm writing. And then I'm going to dark romance. And I guess for me, I kind of, st- I have the same guidelines as you guys do like no other woman scenes or like cheating or anything like that and no abuse and like consent however I would not call it gray <laughs> what the, the 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 thing is dealing with mostly just because it is going to deal with like a lot of psychological issues and like murder those kinds of topics yeah. that I I can't be like yeah it's fine it's gonna be great <laughs> yeah. trust me so and what's one trope that you guys will never write like ever <sighs> I feel like I want to say historical or even like romantic comedy is just not me. Probably romantic comedy. Rom-com? Yeah, same. Yeah. I'm not funny. Me. Yes. Taylor, was, Taylor was the one who said horror or um, historical would not be one that she wrote. <laughs> That's because you just can't play with like the setting, you know, because history is so like it's it's there. That's my research. Yeah. You can't huh? I'm gonna bring the kid on for a minute. This is my nephew. <laughs> so I mean, like, you can't really play along with like the plot or like what goes on because you have to be so you know a correct. And yeah, me for rom com, I think I I think I'm decently funny in real life, but when I try to be funny writing, I'm like, yeah, stop, stop. You are not funny. You know, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I laughed in this book. There was humor in it to lighten everything up. And I'm like, people think I'm funny, babe. <laughs> yes, <laughs> me too. That's me. People are like, there are light parts that, you know, make it, you know, when I'm like, somebody found me funny. <laughs> yes. Um, so about like your, so speaking from like, you know, like, uh, like writing stuff like that. So like reading your reading habits, like what do so like if you get done with a book like you finish a book do you pick up from like your tbr like are you both like reading away like after you finish a book like what are you guys doing to get back and, like, i read relax? about 400 books a year at least so same i'm always reading um i can i listen at three and a half x on audible so oh <laughs> nice um, i can go through a lot of books that way uh yeah, so um, I'm always reading. I've been in a slump just this past like week or two, but um, I'm usually, I can read up to three books a day. So um, in between writing. Yeah. <laughs> and I challenged Marcus. I'm like, you know, you're writing this. You have to read more than just what we're writing. Oh my God, yes. So he's like, this coming year, 2021, he's going to read at least two books. He's a very slow reader. So usually mm-hmm. like I read to him 
um, like romance and stuff are even our books, but he's like, um, I'll read two. And I was like, okay, I get to pick them out for you. <laughs> oh, snap. That's well, what we said. We are you need for. to do like a video model. You like do like a, what is that called? What is that called? When you like take like videos of like sections of like somebody like doing something and then a like montage? put it on a montage. That's it. Do like a vlog of him like reading the, the books that he that you choose. Uh, that would be great. I would love to do that. Yeah, or, do this, that. or a segment on TikTok. Yes. <laughs> because we know that you guys are the you guys are getting on the, the book talk circuit. Yeah. I'm trying. This is now a thing. I love your guys' TikTok. It's super funny. It's super relatable. I love it. It's my fave. So um what is like the book like you have a recommendation of like a book you've read recently that you were like wow five stars love this book or like a book of 2020 that you were like this book hands down for 2020 i'm gonna say maria luis's broken crown uh trilogy only two books are mm-hmm. out right now uh, Madness was book two um and i'm i can't think of the, the name of the first one off the top of my head but oh my gosh it's dark bad. romance but it's yes. like a little dark gray romance, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just loved it so much. There was, there was hate sex. There was, yes. There was. There's this overarching plot that is pretty ingenious. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that she's a panster, and I'm like, what? How can you think of this complex? You're joking. Plot? No. There's a dark romance author that's a seat of their panster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Oh God. So- um, that hands down 2020 I think that's probably uh, definitely one of one two of my favorites I would die I could never be a seat of my pants or even if I tried I am dyslexic and I also I think I I am self-diagnosed ADHD but seriously diagnosed dyslexic um, so I I need an outline or my brain will be like all over the place i'll be writing sports romance and they're going to end up in a in like an mc like in a biker gang and so like i, I really need to like have that for when we first myself. started this she was not a planner she slowly became a planner. because i had absolutely no idea what i was doing she still makes fun of me because i color code everything yeah oh. it's stressful that's us. He is the planner. He's got everything like color coded, organized. And I was a panster. Um, but to write together, we've come together and come up with a system. I hate plotting, but I love when it's done. Yes. That's what I did today. I hate plotting in like aspects like, okay, so I wish that I had, I wish, I wish my hubby would do this with me because he's like that too. He's very anal with like everything. And so, like, when I plot, all I do is, like, I do, like, big points, like, big things that I know I want to happen. I'll put them randomly somewhere, and then I'll just fill them in as I go. That's about it. It's fine. It works. Works for me. Um, So, what are some of your favorite authors, like, as a unit? Like, do you, like, do you, even though you don't read romance, Marcus, do you read anything else? Like, historical fiction, nonfiction? Um, In terms of nonfiction, I have a lot of authors. I can't really pick one. It depends on what I'm doing at the moment in time. Mm-hmm. So right now, I'm reading um, the book about Mark Mason, um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah! <laughs> so that is what I'm reading right now. Um, That's me in a book. <laughs> I read that earlier. This year. Yeah, she read it earlier, so I'm now reading it, and then we're going to discuss um, what we learned from it. Um, so that's what I'm reading right now. And in terms of romances, like I look at some of the authors, and I look at what they're doing online, and I like um, like... Colin Hoover. I like how like oh, people yeah. are 
her fans are like very very devoted it's like mm-hmm. it's like you have um sports fans who are devoted to their teams yes 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 so for real it's that me is something I, I like so far I've yeah. seen you. i'm a big colleen hoover fan um kennedy ryan the best I Yes. Gail Jackson. I love, I love how just emotional her books are. Wait, I've read some of her books. Why are, are they slipping my brain? Did you ever read the S.E. series? I'm sorry, what? what? Ash, did you ever read the S.E. Stevens series? Her Thoughtless series? No, I don't think I have. That is a rock star romance. And we talked to Michelle B about this because she said that this was one of her favorite series too. It's a three-part series about, it is a love triangle. Oh. And- <laughs> you're not a love triangle okay. biker okay okay yeah. it turns out to be one of my favorite series why not why no love triangle so i mean it's all personal so but like why why no love triangle i don't i do i think it's too much angst for me i i just yeah i don't know i'm a purist i guess i i would say mm-hmm. like I'm like, if it's true love, then they're only going to be with that person. They're not going to want anybody else. And yep. that doesn't happen in real life. I know that it didn't happen with us even. So um, <laughs> I, it's just, I, it's something like, I don't know what it is. And it's something I know I have to like, get to the root of like, why does this bother me so much? Um, yes. If I go in knowing that's what it is and I can prepare like reverse harems are different. Like I love reverse harems. Yeah. Cause it's one girl like, and she gets all these guys and they're obsessed with her. But if it's, <laughs> they they want to be committed and there's that and it's not an open relationship, then I'm like, oh, I don't know. It kind of feels like, maybe it feels like cheating to me. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like, okay, so I have a person on my team, her name is Melissa. And I like to, when people say that they don't like love triangles, I like to tell them about how, literally, I'm not even joking you. I am serious. She is so anal about no cheating, no love. Like as soon as like the heroine and hero meet, there better be nobody in between that, period. He better not even look at another woman. <laughs> like, Jesus, remain calm. I think I like exploring anything that's traumatic at all, like period. So I will do just about anything. Like, I mean, I don't mind a love triangle. I think it's just because I'm not a very um, picky reader when it comes to that kind of thing. Like, I don't mind a love triangle. I mean, obviously cheating's terrible, okay? I'm going to just clarify that I think cheating is terrible. But I, um, I like doing, I like writing things that are like triggering, you know, like they make you think and morally, you know, not what people expect, you know, so I'm sure down the road I will do it just like not right now because I feel like a lot of uh, readers like they hate that that is like boom we're not doing it and I think I would love to be I wrote I read a book and it's by Gina Darling and I think I what I love the most is it made me be like it questioned my morals. I was like, I'm not okay with it, but I'm kind of okay with it because I love it so much. (laughs) So I think that's like a problem that I have. I would love to be able to write characters, like a book so well that it made people question their moral compass. I'm not saying I'm not tempted to write some of that stuff for sure. And if it happened in the future where the characters and and that Mm -hmm. situation came up, then I'm not closing myself off from doing that. Um, I know Natasha Madison is going to be writing one, or she did just write one. I listened to your Ooh. podcast about it, um, where it involves where he's married. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I'm willing, I'm totally willing to read that. Like, I'm excited. I want to read that. Yeah. I love Natasha Madison too. So um, like, I'm not saying, oh, this is the total no-go for me. Mm-hmm. I do have some hard limits with reading. And that's if the hero is abusive. Oh, Yeah. Or, Um, that's a nego where it's no consent so there was a book i started reading recently 
that um, somebody recommended. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of uh, like, I love dark romance. Stevie doesn't. <laughs> that's where we're very different because uh, I, my love of writing and reading came from reading horror. So like, I like Stephen King oh, okay. and like uh, James Patterson and that kind of stuff. And people are like, I don't understand how you got to the point that you're at now. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It just happened. <laughs> and so I, that's how I started, what I started liking. So when I found dark romance, that was kind of my thing. Um, I don't think I've read a book where like the hero is like, like you know beats her that's a little too much for me like it's just not a thing and I mean if it's consensual you know if that's something they're into fine yeah. but it's yeah. not consensual <laughs> and so I think a lot of dark romance books uh teeter that line like mm -hmm. uh, especially dark bully romance books teeter a uh a very thin line with readers to the point where it's like I hate this book with a fiery passion or I love this book with a fiery passion and yeah. so that's a very scary reality when it comes to like writing dark yeah. romance makes my hands sweat thinking about it now i've read i've read romance ones where they've left the abusive spouse <laughs> that should be now, that should be how it beast yeah yeah oh no but it, and that's a fine line too it's very hard to oh the emotion that corinne michaels wrote one for her arrowwood brothers series mm -hmm. it was the first one in that series and it had me in tears the entire mm -hmm. time <laughs> i cried I the entire book i've not read that I need to, I don't and that ever... was a secret baby book. Of course it is. Yes. <laughs> so, okay, to wrap things up at the end, um, we're going to do this new thing. You guys are going to be the first people we're going to try it with. Yay. So I'm excited. Um, end of 2020. <laughs> yes. We're going to try to not make this awful because <laughs> we're going to hope. Okay, this goes well. So basically, we're going to do like a word association. Okay. So basically, I'm going to say a word, and then you guys are going to say the first thing that pops into your head. I'm in trouble. <laughs> you can't even, you don't even think about it. It's going to be great. If it's bad, we'll just, we'll, we'll uh, edit it out. If, if it's too bad, we'll, we'll edit it out. We'll just put it as explicit beforehand. <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, are you ready? No. Okay. The first word is light. Bulb. Sun. Okay, cool. See, okay, so before we do this, I think that this is a really good exercise that shows like how different brains work. Okay, it just really is. FYI, FYI. Okay. You know, I started uh, with the easy outlines, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next word is. Uh, wait, what do I have written down here? Hold up, that's not it. The next word is angst. X. <laughs> Painful sex. <laughs> what did you say? Tension. Tension. Okay. Th th that made me laugh. Okay. Um, Valentine. Gifts. Pink. See, I associated red. <laughs> I hate the color pink. I hate the color pink. I hate the color pink. Okay. Um, Stevie, do you have any words? Because I have more. But if you if you want to do one of yours. No, go ahead. You can use yours. Oh, Jesus. Fine. Okay. I know I you like have a list over there. Shut up. Shut up. Um, thief. Thief? Like, like thieves, yeah. Who, the person who steals something? Robin Hood. Yes. Um, I think a beating. Okay. Beating. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny! Oh my god, I'm crying! Oh god! Okay, um, we're gonna do two more and then we'll wrap it up. Okay, so, sharp. <laughs> it's a picture in my head i don't even know what it's called um 
it's like one of those they use it bdsm it's like, oh I, is it that little rolly thing with the spikes on it i don't know what it's called either but i know what you're talking about <laughs> um okay and then the last one is fear dark uh i think about um like being encaged okay claustrophobia yeah <laughs> yeah okay cool that works um so thank you guys so much for joining us on the podcast we've had such a fun time with you guys it has been a treat talking with you and uh happy holidays to you guys thank you thank you for yeah. having us we really had fun and happy holidays 